Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl and celebrated in style with a boat parade. Vikings offensive tackle Riley Reef, he's got $1 million extra in his pocket. And now, it's time for Viking Hot Takes, the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show. We've got Warren Ludford from the Daily Norseman. We've got me, Flip Mozzie, from Climbing the Pocket. And we've got fans in the comments. So buckle up and let's go. Warren, how are you, good sir? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, are you ready to get started? I am ready. Ready as I'll ever be, I guess. How about you? <laughs> I'm ready. So, David, can you put the timer on the clock? I'm going to start with the first of our six questions in three, two, one, and let's do it. So, Warren, after hiring Dom Capers as defensive assistant in 2020, the Vikings hired Mike Zimmer's longtime friend, Paul Gunther for 2021 what do you think about this hire okay when i first read about that i was kind of like ah you know whatever but i listened to him um in his press conference today and you know he used to be the linebacker coach when zimmer was in uh cincinnati and then he took over as dc after he left and then moved on to the raiders um and so i i didn't you know with with capers last year he was kind of just providing some whatever different ideas on from his background and his schemes. I think Gunther's going to be a little different though, because he's more or less the same scheme as Zimmer. And so from what he said in his press conference, he's going to be helping out with coaching a little bit on each level, as well as looks like some of the game, you know, the game planning a little bit. And so I'm thinking that with all the young players they have on defense, having another coach, to help coach, you know, Zimmer's scheme is going to be helpful because there's with so many young guys, I mean, you know, they can't have too, too many coaches, I would say from that aspect. And I'm thinking from, you know, he's been more AFC. And so maybe with some of the, particularly the AFC game plans um, against AFC teams, he might be more helpful and just like understanding who, you know, the team and, you know, just his experience from that end. Okay, so so what do you grade this hire? Because the Vikings defensive staff is very weird right now. You know, you've yeah. got Mike Zimmer, you've got two co-defensive coordinators, and then you've got this assistant defensive coordinator now in Paul Gunther. So, like, does this even matter, or are the Vikings just hiring one of Mike Zimmer's friends to put him on the payroll? I think it matters a little bit. I mean, it's not an A hire. I, I'll say I'll give it a B. Um, you know, some people say it's a C hire because, like, you know, what is, what's he really going to bring to the table? But I think I think I give it a little higher than a C, and that's why I go B because if he's able to help um, coach up some of the young guys a little bit, especially if we have a, a regular off season and whatnot, um, that'll be helpful. And to the extent he can be helpful. 
um, in any of the game planning. That's good. I'd be interesting to see if he's going to be up in the booth during games. I kind of got that impression from the press conference. And so maybe from that perspective that, that uh, um, is helpful too. I don't know, but uh, um, as soon as he was fired from the Raiders, I figured uh, I went, I wasn't surprised that uh, he, you know, got in contact with Zimmer and I'm not, I wasn't surprised that he joined the Vikings, but uh, um, you can't call it an A because, you know, he just doesn't have that, um, street credibility you know <laughs> right off the bat but you know I, I think it's a b just if he helps because he knows the scheme and if he can help um teach the scheme to the young players i think that's a good thing great great and and remember if y'all are watching we want to hear from you too so we want you to answer these questions as we're answering them let's get your comments up on the screen all right warren what's your first question Okay, so um, this offseason, you know, the Vikings have some cap uh, issues. You know, if it's going to be 180 or 185 um, for the salary cap, who do you think is going to be the most likely cap casualty on the, on the Vikings roster or more than one? Yeah, so we, we talked about this a little bit with Eric last week, but it's a great question, and it's the main question for – the Minnesota Vikings until we get to the start of free agency. So if you ask me who the most likely salary cap casualty for the Vikings is, uh, I think it's Kyle Rudolph. He's the most likely one. We've got a tight end behind him who can take over. And, you know, word is he's already put his Minnesota house on the market. He's ready to move. So that's probably the most likely one. If you like to speculate, just start looking at some some of the real estate moves that these players <laughs> are making. Uh, but if you want to get controversial now, I think we need to watch out on Anthony Barr. I, I think he's at best a key restructure. The Vikings defense has talent, but if you believe in positional value, I know you do, Warren. Uh, they don't necessarily yeah. have talent at the right spots. You know, we've got great linebackers. We've got good safeties. Well, a lot of the NFL, the way they're built right now is they're built at the cornerback position, not the edge rusher position, which is opposite of how the Vikings have built. So there might be an opportunity for them to move from strength at linebacker to strength at other parts of their defense. And if they choose to go that route, then $15.5 million for Anthony Barr is just too high. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. Yep. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. It'd be interesting to see if they do do uh, uh, something with Barr, where they put that money, if it's, you know, the other edge rusher or, you know, a D tackle or something. Um, Veteran cornerback. yeah, yeah, something like that. So we'll see. I agree with Rudolph as well. I'm not, a, you know, I know that um, they just, um, you know, kind of did the right thing a little bit with Threef and gave him that that extra million that he came close on. But I still would put him up there just without, you know, if there's going to be, you know, if say a Oliudo or somebody comes up that, okay, all of a sudden he's ready, they feel he's ready to go. Um you know, or even, you know, Rashad Hill or something. I don't know. 
Um, that's yeah. probably not ideal. But if they feel like they've got somebody or, or if Ezra Cleveland, you know, they want to try him out at left tackle, um, if they feel they've got somebody that, you know, there's not going to be a big drop in performance, you know, Reef's salary is one of the big ones. And so um, just for that reason alone, I think he's he's up there. I don't know if they'll end up uh, moving on from him or not, but uh, that's certainly a possibility, I'd say. Well, I, okay. So we got a couple of questions here. Number one, I want to okay. address Clifford's Clifford's question in the comment. Do the, do they think they could swing a trade with a three four team for Anthony Barr? Uh, I think I think definitely. I think the the four three versus three four scheme ideas are a bit outdated, and more teams are switching between those two those two defenses. Not to mention the importance of the slot cornerback in today's NFL. Um, but in, in any event, Anthony Barr, a, a team that's going to view him more as a pass rusher, definitely could, you know, provide more value to us back in a trade. The other comment I had was for you, Warren, and just this idea yeah. that Riley Reef could be a cap casualty. To me, that just I, it doesn't make sense because the Vikings, like you said, we don't have anybody behind Riley Reef who's going to who's going to play as well as Riley Reef could. If there was like, like Kyle Rudolph, for example, there's an Irv Smith behind him. So if we had something right. like that for Riley Reef, sure we could cut him. But unless you think that guy is Ezra Cleveland, um, unless you, you have to, you have to be able to move on from Riley Reef because you think Ezra Cleveland's really good. Right. So. Right. Or, right. Or they, that they've got somebody on the roster that, um, they feel, even though we don't, you know, he's not a proven commodity. Um, they feel just from his practice and everything else, the coaching's like, okay, this guy's ready to move up. Um, and that could be something that happens during the off season too. Like, you know, in the course of OTAs or whatever else they feel like, okay, is this guy ready or not? Um, cause they're going to, and, and it's a matter of priority, you know, if they've got to cut, you know, basically 20 million give or take and if that's what it turns out to be they've got to do that somehow and Rudolph isn't going to be enough and you know they're going to have to restructure or do something else and maybe that's what they try and do with Reef again although that's kind of you know he took it last year and you know who knows what happens this year but um, I think he's he's just from you know they got to cut something I think beyond Rudolph and so Mm -hmm. where do you go and, you know, bars is, is the other one. And, you know, they could do it between Rudolph and Barr potentially. And then beyond that, you know, do they want to spend on, uh, you know, another edge rusher, let's say. Uh, maybe there's like a Carl Lawson or something that they could mm-hmm. go after. But they'd still need some more cap space to do that, even if they cut Rudolph and Barr, if it turned out to be a 180 um, or maybe even 185 salary cap uh, limit this year. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. Good points. All right. Let's keep on moving. So to get to the really the meat of this show, this is the question I'm most excited about is the the article you wrote on the Daily Norseman called How to Build a Super Bowl Winning Team. And I thought it was fantastic. I think more more fans need to read this article. It's on the Daily Norseman. It's heavily recommended by me. And you discuss several different traits that Super Bowl winners have. One that caught my eye is the tight end spot. Super Bowl teams have a top 10 tight end in yards per route run. 
And now, like we just talked about, the Vikings tight end spot is in flux. So do you think this is just Irv Smith season 2021? Or do you think the Vikings just are going to be lacking at at tight end? I, I, I think Irv Smith could get there. Of course, it's, you know, integrating him into the office a little bit more. But um, I want to say for last year, even though he didn't have a lot of, you know, he was sick and string and didn't have a lot of, you know, playing time and whatnot, I think he was 14th or something like that in yards per run route. So he wasn't okay. that far off. Okay. But I think um, this season, it's just a matter of, A, you know, if if they move on from Rudolph as we expect, okay, he's going to get more playing time there because then he'll move up to the number one spot. Um, but then it's integrating him into the offense, getting him a little bit, you know, more a better rapport with uh, Kirk Cousins. And then also, you know, now that Justin Jefferson is, you know, big, you know, big time and drawing that type of attention, as he's been talking about, um, maybe that allows Irv Smith the opportunity if they're focusing on, on Justin Jefferson and playing off where he can you know, do some of those underneath crossers or, you know, stuff like that, where all of a sudden he can become more productive. And, you know, Irv is, you know, different from Rudolph, you know, where he's, you know, more of a receiver, I would say, you know, wide receiver type. I mean, not really, not 100%, but he's more in that direction than Rudolph was. And so I think he's more of a threat once he's got the ball in his hands than Rudolph you know, just with his speed and, and, and moves and so forth. Um, he may not be, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, you know, back of the end zone, you know, throw it high for Rudolph to catch type of thing. You know, he can't do that as much with Irv. But, you know, they, they had some interesting plays last year with those, that, that little underneath route to, to get uh, Irv in the, in the end zone. But uh, I think there's potential there with uh, Justin being more of a threat and, you know, Thielen still being Thielen, they're not going to ignore him. And so that could leave some space open for, for Irv underneath where he could he could flourish. Yeah, I like that. The key there is that Irv, like you said, is already 14th in yards per route run. So hopefully with the full the full season, he can be the number one tight end for us. All right, seven yep, minutes yep. left, Warren. Hit me with the next one. Okay, um, so... Which of the 2020 rookies do you think will make the biggest leap this coming season, 2021? Great. Yeah. So it, it, it can't be Justin Jefferson because right. we, we, <laughs> we already think the world of, I mean, the guy is elite, plain and simple. We'll keep it short because the, the, the clock is ticking. Um, yep. I don't even think it can be Cam Dantzler. He was good. I don't see him, you know, becoming an all pro or pro bowl cornerback in year two. My pick for this is Ezra Cleveland because it comes down between him, Ezra Cleveland and Jeff Gladney. I have concerns, serious concerns about Jeff Gladney, more confident in Ezra Cleveland. Hopefully they keep his development going at offensive guard. I don't like when when young players are moved around early in their development. Uh, every Vikings fan has has nightmares at TJ Clemmings, but they have a chance to do like they did with Brian O'Neill, build upon a solid first season, even though a lot of things were happening around Ezra. They kept him at that guard spot. 
And he's got, you know, the athletic skills and the pass blocking skills, hopefully to be a competent guard for us and, and lock down that position long-term. So that's my pick, Ezra Cleveland. Very good. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. All right, Warren, back to your article. We're going back to okay. how to build a Super Bowl winning team. And you're talking about everything from quarterback to kicker in in this document. So my final question is, what is the biggest thing the Vikings need to win a Super Bowl but don't have? Well, I think that's the, the you know, there's a lot of things you can put on the list. They're not quite there yet or, you know, are somewhat of a need or whatever, but like offensive line, for example. But I'd just say the defense because – you know, up until last year, that was, they were there. But after last year, all of a sudden, they're not even close. I mean, it was, you know, mm-hmm. points, they were 29th in the league last year, which is right at the bottom. Yeah. You know, the good news is so, Tampa Bay was 29th last <laughs> last year. And so they were able to move up, um, you know, with the collection of, you know, um, uh veteran free agents that they signed, you know, some of them, you know, older and, and young guys, you know, like uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. How good does the defense Um, need to be? um, It's, it's, I I looked at it in terms of opposing passer rating allowed. And there's a lot of different ways you could, you could do that, but you can't, you know, some, some top defenses do it more on the back end. Some do it more with a, you know, really strong pass rush. Um, some it's a combination, so you can't really say, you know, there's different, there's different ways to skin that cat, so to speak. But, uh, um, in terms of overall having the opposing QB limited to about an 85 passer rating or less, um, you look at the, like the top okay. of the Legion of Boom years in the last 10, 10 years. And, um, they had a year where their the opposing passer rating was like 64 or 65, which was yeah. the best in the last decade. But, you know, and actually the last um, couple of years, um, the Super Bowl winning team, it's been a little bit higher. But basically 85 uh, passer rating of 85 for the uh, opposing quarterbacks is is kind of, you know, the average for Super Bowl winning teams over the last 10 or 11 years. And so, um, and that's been pretty consistent. I mean, um, you know, even the worst team that um, made it to the Super Bowl, the opposing passer rating allowed was like um, 92. So, I mean, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you really got to be there. And whether, you know, obviously the pass rush and and coverage are are, um, two pieces of the putt, the two big pieces of the puzzle, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta have that. And for the Vikings, you know, that means, you know, at, you know, getting Hunter back, you know, getting, you know, a Pierce or D tackles that can maybe press the pocket a little bit, maybe Wanham steps up, maybe they get somebody else on that side. Um, but, um, they need to have that. And then because without that, it's hard to see the young, the young secondary being able to hold up long enough, um, even in, in year two. So um, mm-hmm. I think they need to have that pass rush and then that can help out some of those young guys where, you know, maybe they can, they can uh, perform at a high enough level for, you know, three, four seconds and not, you know, five, six, you know, however long because the Vikings pass rush last year was, was terrible. 
Yeah, you said 85 passer rating. So what what was the Vikings yep. pass rating allowed this year? Do you know? Um, I don't I I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but it's a lot closer to 100. Uh, <laughs> a lot 90, closer to 100. 95. I mean, they got they got a ways to go. They got a ways yeah, to go. I would I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I want to say it was it was right around 100 and I can't remember uh the number right off the top of my head, but I mean that's a ways to go because there's a big difference being a mm-hmm. hundred is, is um, pretty close to a top 10 quarterback, you know, most years. It wasn't this year, but um, you know, Tom Brady was 102. Kirk Cousins was 105. Um, mm-hmm. So um, you're looking at, you know, um, I don't know. Um, Sam Darnold was a little less than that, but I mean, that's the type of, you know, that's, that's, that's a 85 pass rating pretty close. So. Yeah. All right, we've got seconds for this last question. I'm going to try to answer okay. it. Warren. Okay, what do you think of the Clint Kubiak hire? Uh, in 30 seconds, I'm I'm okay with it. I think Clint is such an unknown that I think in, in its own way, it's an aggressive, risky move, which I like. I like this team to take some risky moves. Um, a lot of people have issues that if he does end up being a good offensive coordinator he'll vault to head coach but the vikings can groom him to be the next vikings head coordinate head coach if they believe he's that good i'm hopeful that clint has some ideas on how to evolve the vikings offense because if he's just running a gary kubiak junior scheme it's not going to work that's my take <laughs> got yeah. it in time Warren, That's right. thank Good. you so all much right. for, for joining. That's all the questions. That's it for Viking Hot Takes. Do you have any closing comments, Mr. Ludford? Make them count. Oh, just good job getting that last part in there. That was a lot to get in in 30 seconds. But, uh, yeah, I like uh, it was good. I like your takes. Um, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. And for for all the people watching, the, the Climb in the Pocket Network, Daily Norseman, we're here in the offseason. We're writing good articles. We're posting great shows and even better podcasts. Well, I mean, it's just an all-around all comprehensive view, media view, on Vikings football by Vikings fans. So keep on tuning in. We're going to keep on pumping out the content. And until next time, y'all, Skull Vikes. Vikings. All right. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.